4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour football frenzies coming up. Then we'll talk to our NFL insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, following up on Rick Ballou and the Jaguars. Yeah. Jags going to win over six and a half. They are a, I'm not going to say a popular choice, but there are some sharps who think the Jags can be improved. And there's a lot of people look at that division and they feel like the top two teams are pretty flawed, both the Colts and the Titans, and that the Jags can sneak out a few more wins, and I mean, who can even quantify the difference between Urban Meyer and the direct that was 2021 for the Jags and Doug Peterson? I mean, the, the freaking massive leap forward. You think the Jaguars or the Texans will be better? Which one will be? Jaguars. Because I think the Jaguars, well, first of all, they have a coach in place who wants to win. They already, you know, did their tanking, got their quarterback, so now it's time to start moving forward. I don't believe the Texans are still in, hey, let's win now mode. Davis Mills is not their quarterback, unless he surprises everybody, and he's the solution. The Texans are one of a handful of teams that are going to be looking to get one of the top three or four guys in the draft at quarterback. You want to give me two and a half wins? You know what? I want to look at the Jag schedule. All right, let's 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 talk about this next week so when you, we're on together. No, 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 no. We'll do it before the end of the show. I want the Texans. I don't want you to overthink this because then you start going home and crunching numbers. And <laughs> So you want the Texans plus two and a half wins against the Jaguars. I, I think we'll have this bet consummated by the end of the show. Right. I'm excited about that. I have not been able to – I'm not going to use the word sucker because I'm probably not going to win these bets, but Adam Hill will not – he has not jumped on any of the bets I've offered. So has not happened. Uh wanted to repeat some interesting news yesterday when uh, – Kevin Bollinger was on from Fox 5. Yes, I heard it. Silver Live. State Sports and Entertainment Network. You know, there's going to be some UNLV football games that have not been picked up by national TV. One of them is North Texas, and he announced yesterday, you know, there's a partnership with Fox 5 yep. and uh, UNLV that that North Texas game on the 17th of September mm-hmm. will be on Cox 125 and Fox 5.2. So to kind of fill those gaps, that's what this uh, SSEN will do. I heard you break that live yesterday. It was, it was kind of cool. That is cool. I mean, beyond the fact that it's going to be put on TV and someone picked it up. Yeah. You know, I, I it's got to be available somewhere. And I know people, you know, then people are like, hey, is it on satellite? Oh, no. You're like, Scrambling. okay, you got to, that. Um, you got to start somewhere. Just like, like I'm not thrilled. It won't matter to me because I'll be at the game, watching the game, covering the game. Right. But I'm not thrilled with the other news that came out yesterday. Notre Dame and UNLV in South Bend on October 22nd will only be on Peacock. No local NBC. What do you think of that? I think it's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. I think that, I mean, I, why that game? What, I mean, it, think, I mean, you think about it, and this is not a knock to, to UNLV or Arroyo, or I mean, the, the idea behind that is to get people to buy the service, go to the streaming service, go get that app, whatever it is, right? With Peacock, it's actually the only one that's not on Big NBC. That's right. So they why- play Marshall, Cal, BYU, Stanford, Clemson, Boston College. UNLV is the only one that's exclusively you know on Peacock. Put the battle of the Catholics and the Mormons on Peacock because everybody. Wow, that would be a big one. Yeah, 
then then you're going to get everybody to stream it. You're not gonna you're not gonna get the response that you're looking for by streaming. People are gonna be like, eh, okay, whatever. By the way, how'd you describe the game? The Battle of Who? The Catholics and the Mormons. Oh, okay. I only heard the Catholics. I don't know why. I didn't hear the Mormon part. I was like, whoa, I think you're missing one. No, private schools, Catholics and Mormons. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I heard it now. I zoned out for a second there. I just want to make sure you got that right. You want to I'm looking forward to seeing uh my guy Dave McCann when he comes to town. We have to get Dave McCann on. I like Dave. Dave and Dave. I didn't know you like Dave. Yeah, old I like school. Dave too. Old school Dave, Colin Coward days. Okay. Those are the days back then. Right. You know, Mark fight. that down on the uh, teasing guest board. Get that down, Art. For, for Oct- early October. I'm going to get him on Throw the Flag before you get him on. <laughs> Every time. We have a booking challenge now. <laughs> Willie's Saturday show. Every time. <laughs> I mean, Gooch's Saturday show. <laughs> it's Gooch's. You heard the promo. Is Gooch first or Willie's Go- first? No, no, his promo. He 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 cut the promo. All right, I don't want to have any. Join, join don't me now. Any join me now for my new issues. show with Willie Ramirez. He does kiss your ass. So I don't think there's any chemistry. She's very uh, very impressed with your nails and that you're well put together. I'm cool. And he's a slob. I'm cool with how it flows. I, I could you know me. I do. I don't care. I mean, come on. I mean, at the beginning of this show, it's Cofield Company with Steve Cofield. There's no there's no added, you know. I guess so. Sometimes press box they they throw the Willie. It's Leon's voice, Willie Ramirez. We don't get not, that here. I'm not in charge of. Production. I don't care That's about the vast any of production that. crew. I don't care. about I heard any the new of that. production for uh, the Ti show. Throw the flag is just going to be old guy and kind of old guy. Yeah, yeah. With old school music. With old school music. Yeah. yeah. Gooch is old too. Yeah, I just want to get a little good news on the show. A little good news for myself. Yesterday, I'm. Uh, I don't know who the hell I was talking to about Zach Wilson and that the uh, knee injury is not as serious as it appeared to be. People are talking about a torn ACL. You were talking he may to be out four weeks. Who, 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 was, uh, who was on the show? You were talking to JVT. About oh, JVT was co-hosting yesterday. And I immediately get a DM. Wilson had the same exact surgery that I did. He will not be back in four weeks. I'm like, my, All right. From, from thanks for raining on a parade. If, from my understanding, he hasn't even had it yet. No, he did. Oh, did he? Yeah, it happened today. Oh, today. Okay. Yeah. Because I was texting with my PT, so before it happened, it might have been yesterday I was texting, but... Your surgery was what? Same thing. Shaving the meniscus. Did you see when they talked, they said, when they even first came out, that next day, Good Morning Football, ESPN, did the different shows, it was like, he's, the good news is, it doesn't not need a repair, it just needs to be trimmed. And I I was going, Jesus, it sounds like everything that I was telling people back in April. I didn't need a repair. The repair is where they take the meniscus. They have to fold it because the tear is in the middle. They fold it, stitch it. Those stitches that you can't do anything because it'll tear out. Hmm. If it's a trim around the edges where you tear it at the edge, you just go in there. I can show. I have the video. No, I don't want to see the video. I don't video even like up. you talking about it. It's grossing me out. But the thing is, now you remember because you were calling me a maniac. Everybody else was calling me because I was doing things within. You know, the, the you I was, were back in like ten days. Well, the next day I was in PT. Right. So you can push it if your tolerance for pain is Weren't okay. you doing? Were you were squatting but like 400 plus like not 10 days later? Plus. I've never squatted 400 plus. Okay, but okay. I did My squat. In, in, in less than four weeks, I squatted 125. One rep. In less than six weeks, I got 225. And in less than eight, I did the 315 for one rep. And then that's it. I haven't squatted since. But the point is... Four weeks, you're still swollen and ir- now again. He could have. He's going to have people treating him every single day. He's going to be having people massaging that down. He's going to get ultrasound on it. He's going to get uh, uh, shockwave treatment. He's going to get everything humanly possibly that can be done in a PT room. But I still don't can't imagine that in four weeks he's going to be running full space and can take hits. So he's Zach was, take hits. Zach Wilson, week three of the NFL season. 
Week four? That's six weeks out, right? Week five? There's 26 days before the regular season starts. So if you add another 21 to 47, if you do a 49 at seven weeks, he's back by week three or four. I could give him seven weeks. I'm just not, I tried to call the surgeon who, who's, who cut me on the way up here. He was busy. He said, I'm in clinic. I'm slammed. <laughs> busy. I said, I want to talk to you. Sorry, he, really, now, I here, can't talk to you every here, day about your knee, bro. I, well, I, I, I texted him, and here's his response. Okay? I said, uh, he said, hey, call me after five if you're free. Happy to talk. He said, no worries. We're talking about Zach Wilson. He's having the same surgery as I did. They're saying four weeks. There's no way. He said, Ohio State had a running back play six days later. But I'm sure he was in PT all day for the whole week, and he probably hated himself after the game. So there you go. So be careful with Zach Wilson is what you're saying to Jets fans. Don't rush him back. He's the future. Yeah. Let Joe Joe Flacco take the beating early on. Let the Super Bowl champ take the beating and then take care of the boy. Take care of the youngin. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Raiders showing blitz off the edge. Snap. They come with it. Madison picks it up. Now pocket collapses. Down he goes. Ball on the turf, but they call him down first. Gary Green came up with the football, but Jayon Brown coming off the edge, getting the sack. Cofield and Company NFL insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. Rolling on, 4 o'clock hour. We're fired up. Miles Simmons is in. Pro Football Talk. Willie's here as well. Shaqton a fool today. What's up, Miles? Hello, guys. Uh, not too much. How are you? Uh, we're good. We're good. We were just hammering Peacock for uh, not putting the UNLV football game against Notre Dame on uh, big NBC, just Peacock. But, that you know, I, I understand the effort. I understand the effort. I wanted to roll one by here real quick that uh, we usually, you know, exchange some topics. Um, in this case, I did not send you this one. Um, is it a big deal at uh, the mothership, NBC and Peacock, the addition of some fantasy stars, a guy like Matthew Berry? Uh, I, I believe that it is, yes. Um, I don't know exactly what the Matthew Berry Daily Show is going to be, what it's going to look like, but yes, I mean, it, it certainly is a big deal. And I mean, it's getting uh, Roto World back kind of off the ground, you know, and Matthew Berry has said that that's where he started and he, you know, has a special place in his heart for it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a little deal, I'll say that. Let's talk about one of the stories that uh, we've been hitting on for a few weeks here, and that was Josh Jacobs playing in game number one, the Hall of Fame game. And a lot of folks around the country were like, okay, why is Jacobs playing? Is he being showcased for a trade? Um, a, lot of local, a lot of local media were like, hey, here's the cold water. Not going to happen. He's not being traded. Josh McDaniels came out in a press conference and answered the first question of a press conference. That was weird that that happened. Uh, I'm not saying it was orchestrated, maybe. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, we've been saying the whole time, like you've got a guy here who doesn't really blend into the traditional Patriots running back philosophy. And then, well, we just saw a story by our buddy Vinny talking about the depth at running back with the Raiders that, hey, maybe you have to address a weakness by trading a strength. 
Yeah, well, that would seem to line up with what I've been saying the entire time now, wouldn't it? Pat on the back, um, Miles! Pat on the back, baby! <laughs> Do it! Do it! Flex off! I mean, off. listen, no, no, but like, I mean, it's like I said, you know, on the show before, when you have a running back who has as much experience as Josh Jacobs does, and he is participating in the Hall of Fame game, for goodness sakes, I mean, it's like, you know... That, that that's a signal to, to teams around the league that he could be available in a trade. Now, I, like I said before, do you have to trade him? No, you certainly don't. It's not like he has some unreasonable salary, but the fact that he is available is a thing, right? I mean, his salary is guaranteed because that's the way rookie contracts are set up, especially those first round guys. But, uh, and you know, if you are a team that has a need at running back for, you know, guy with some really good short field quickness, he can lower the shoulder, he can do all those different types of things, then yeah, you might be interested. But like, you don't have to trade him when you're cutting down to 53. You might not trade him until the trading deadline. I mean, they, but the fact that he could be available, I mean, yeah, if there's a good problem to have that there's too much depth at running back, well, then one of these things is not going to be like the others and maybe out of the door. Miles, uh, Bill Belichick been very complimentary about a kid I covered here in high school, Centennial High graduate Ramondre Stevenson, said he's improved his hands, route running, most importantly, his blitz pickup. Sounds like Stevenson might be the Patriots' third down back, but could he emerge as the star? Well, I mean, insofar as much as the Patriots backfield is going to have a star, perhaps. I mean, because that's like kind of what it goes exactly what we were saying about Josh Jacobs. Right. And frankly, obviously, Josh McDaniels is no longer in New England. And Lord knows what they're doing with, you know, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge and Bill Belichick being a three headed monster of, you know, not really an offensive coordinator. But we don't really like titles here. And it doesn't matter who calls plays. But Matt Patricia is going to call some plays. And Joe Judge is also going to call some plays. I mean, that whole thing is such a cluster. I don't really understand what it is that they're doing. And if it were anybody else other than Bill Belichick, I would think that like, this is somebody who, you know, could have be on the hot seat for what it is that they're doing. Um, so I don't really know that that answers your question because like, I just, I don't really understand what the Patriots are doing offensively in the first place. So, I mean, could Stevenson become a star? Sure. But could that offense also be a complete and abject disaster? Yes. Guess where Darren Waller was on Sunday? Oh, he was at the he was at the game. He was at the Aces game across yeah. the street from uh, the Raiders game, wasn't he? He yeah. wasn't playing, wasn't he? With the team owner? Well, the team owner <laughs> was across. So here's what's funny: they have never sat in the same section other than about two home games ago, where Darren Waller normally sits. Which there are about six seats that are next to the visiting team. And that's sure. where they put like in like LeBron's been here, Kyle Lowry's been there, you know, d in the past. Uh, d, d Book sat there the other night. Uh, the past couple of home games, Darren Waller has sat on the baseline. Mark Davis sits next to the broadcast team for the TV. One game, uh. a few home games ago, they all sat together. The governor. Mark Davis, Darren Waller, they all sat in the exact same section. Not sure if that was to sh for show or what, but they were both at the game. I'm sure Mark Davis made it over in time for the second half. I don't know if Darren Waller did. We just assumed that he would. Is it? A, I, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, it's not the best look in the world. I, I, I will say that. I mean, you know, what did Kanye say? Now you're sitting courtside, wifey on the other side. Got to keep them separated. I call that apartheid. 
There's no reason for me to drop that other than I just thought about it when uh, you were saying that Brilliant. story. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's not it's not the biggest deal, but it's not a nothing burger. I mean, like, why wasn't he at the game? Like, you, you should be at the game even if you're not playing. I know it's a preseason game and it doesn't matter and it doesn't count. And frankly, I don't really want to watch it either. But like, you probably should be there with your team. Oh. I agree. Miles Simmons with us. Pro football talk. <laughs> I mean, it, like again, I don't want to sit here and stir the pot. I just thought it was it yeah. was weird. It's weird. I think there's something it's else. Weird. It's something else going on. We'll see. Yeah. He uh, he told Willie last week. Uh, Willie gave you a bro hug, right? And yeah. whispered in your ear, "I'm going to be back. I'm straight. I'm going to be back next week." Right? Yeah. Here's the thing. It's funny. The comments that he's made to me and Paul Gutierrez have they have been they've been very specific. So he's you know there was one right. day that I walked up to him on the floor after a game. And I just wind up for the fist bump, the regular, and he put the hand out, did the whole dap and hug and everything, pulled me in. I was like, hey, you okay? I said, hey. Right, Miles, I know. I said, you good? Flex it up. I said, you good? You okay? You know, there's people worried about you. He goes, no, 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 no. I'm straight. That's it. Then the next home game, we talked, and I was telling him that, hey, man, you know, I've been called for interviews on satellite. I'm here having to... Sort of just talk about, you know, everyone's attacking. Where's Darren Waters? He's holding out. He's at this. Josh well, he's like, I'm under a lot of pressure, I'm Darren. under a lot of pressure. Some, I feel I like I'm your agent. Here, bro. And he said, and <laughs> all he kept saying is, no, no, no. I'll be back next week. I should be back next week. So the thing is, I've been saying this all along. They have brought him in before training camp and said, we will take care of you. But we have these $21, $22 million sitting here. We got to make sure the offensive line is good. Once we get through that, you will be taken care of. I think Darren Waller is just saying, you know what? I'll take care of my own training. I'll stay in shape. You know I'm good. When you when you take care of me, I'll take care of you. But he's I'm not going anywhere. But and I think that I think that there's a mutual understanding. I honestly do. So you've put on your tinfoil hat, Willie. I mean, if if the NFL insiders that are you know national are to be believed, and I can't remember if it was Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter who said this, that Waller's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Yeah, well, he's making his so way back and forth, up hamstring? and down the court, going to the courtside club, walking up and down. I mean, he's he looks fine. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so if he could if he can walk up and down the courtside club, he can get out there and practice. If he can oh, get Willie, to these up and down I'm the hearing. court, if he can hang out with. Whatever. I think, you know, I. who knows? Maybe it's strained. Maybe it's tight. I don't know. I'm still feeling lingering effects of my, of my knee surgery in April, and if I can feel it, but I can walk normal. I don't know. All I know is that he's been very tactful in his answers. It's been, I'm straight. I should be out there next week. I believe everything he says. And you know what? If that's the case and he doesn't want to get hurt and he's, and he's waiting for his payday, good for him. Well, I mean, the other thing is, you're not going to say on or off the record when you have Josh McDaniels and he's probably told you, yo, d- don't say anything about injuries to the media. You're not going to say anything to the media about what your injury is. Right. Especially when you don't need to. They, they will issue an injury report week one, as so many head coaches like to say uh, in this time of year. And that's fine. They, they get to do that. That's a, a part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, whether or not He's got a hamstring injury. You know, he really has earned a new contract, and he should not just be making you know uh, just above six million dollars, right. you know, per season over the next couple of years. So, whether or not the hamstring injury is there, I mean, if he's apparently seeking a new deal, and he really should get one. Well, they're back tomorrow on the field. He said he would be back this week, so we'll see what happens. He better be yes, there. We'll he see. better be there. Or he violates the trust of one Willie Ramirez. Miles mm-hmm. Simmons is with us. PFT. So. Derek Carr might get a cup of coffee in one of these games, a couple of passes, a couple of series. Um, so far, Kyler Murray hasn't played. Based on 
some of the stuff in his contract and, you know, the assertion or the assumption, I guess, that he's not studying the way he should. Does he need to play in the preseason? No, uh, because I don't think any starting quarterback or really any player of consequence needs to play in the preseason as long as they get in a few good uh, joint practices or even sometimes, you know, you do those inner squad scrimmages like that to me is much better than the preseason game. Cause like, what are you doing in a preseason game anyway? Like you're not really studying for that opponent during the week. You're not going out there and running what you really would run in order to beat that opponent. So I mean, Kyle Shanahan said this last week in a press conference that I, I would much rather not have preseason games and just do like three sessions of joint practices. And I, I think most coaches around the league feel that way. I know there are some that are different, you know, Andy Reed in Kansas City always has Patrick Mahomes playing a little bit during the preseason. I don't really agree with it, but so far it's worked for them. And when you go out and you see him go six to seven and throw a quick touchdown pass, like you kind of understand what they're doing. But I, I, you know, I'm of the Sean McVay, Brandon Staley. Like I'm not playing anybody of consequence during the preseason because the only thing you're doing is risking injury. Do I need to worry about the Rams when they take on the Bills in that Thursday opener? Uh, Stafford with the elbow, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson not practicing. Am I betting on the Rams and, like, Jake Funk at running back? <laughs> I hope it's not Jake Funk at running back and, like, Benny Sko at wide receiver, who I once saw in a Santa Monica uh, establishment on a Saturday night. And I was All like, right. really, this is where you're partying? You're a Super Bowl winner now, bro. You should not be in the same place as me. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, Matthew Stafford has been ramping up. Uh, he's been fully participating this week. The Rams had an inter-squad scrimmage uh, today. And word from Thousand Oaks was that he was a full participant. He did everything and didn't look like he was straining on that elbow at all. So that's really, really good news um, for the Rams. And it just goes to, you know, the fact that they've had a plan. And even though whenever a starting quarterback is not throwing as much as a starting quarterback should be throwing um, during training camp, to me, that's a concern. It apparently is the case now that he is fine and he will be fine to ramp up for the regular season. So th the rest of this week actually should be pretty interesting when it comes to the Rams and Stafford. Like if they back him off a little bit and then they're like, oh, you know, this was the plan all along. I don't know. Was it really the plan? I'll put on my tinfoil hat too and we'll see. But apparently this is something that he played through last year. And, you know, if they have to sit him out of practice a couple of days a week, I bet they'll do it just to make sure that he's fine for Sundays. Miles Simmons is a big TV viewer. He'll go back and watch old shows. And Willie and I are gaga over the Sopranos. Uh, once uh, you know, we found out that uh, poor Polly Walnuts had passed away, I went back and started watching again. And I saw you, you complimenting the Sopranos. Man, I forgot what a freaking brilliant show it was. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I finished it last week. And you know, it's funny, I was uh, visiting a buddy in Kansas City, who was like almost done with watching The Sopranos for the first time with his okay. girlfriend. We were at somewhere and, and his girlfriend texted like, it's Paulie Wallace just died. And I was like, Oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah, we, were, we were broken <laughs> yeah, up. It was yeah, it was a sad thing. But man, I mean, what what a tour de force performance from James Gandolfini. And like, what a shame that we lost him so soon. Because what a brilliant actor he, he was. And so just, awesome. yeah, the, the yeah. whole thing, the story is fantastic. Edie Falco, how she didn't win an Emmy for what she did in the beginning of season six when Tony got shot. Like, I don't understand that. 
and I know it was Glenn Close, and I've never watched Damages, but you can't tell me that any performance she had was better than what Edie Falco was doing. So that was a robbery. Um, but yeah, one of the best shows ever made. My opinion, the best show ever made, my favorite show ever. Wow. Who was who your favorite character to hate? Ooh, my favorite character to hate? Uh, uh, I go Ralph, back and forth with probably. two. Uh, I go back yeah. and forth with two. Mine is uh, Tony's mom or Richie April. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like those are two really good ones. I mean, Phil obviously sucks too at the end there, and like you know when he. I, dies it's hard for me episode, to hate like, to, uh, to hate him because I'm a Frank Vincent fan. So, but okay. it, you know, the mom trying to Fair. whack his son. And then Richie April was just—he yeah. was fun to hate. Like, he, yeah, but like you, under, you understand with his mother, that is a lot of moms. Yeah, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of Jersey moms who are <laughs> chop busters like that. I'm not trying to be mean, but like, there there sometimes can be an adversarial thing. Sure, for some reason. Yeah. Well, the other thing—the other thing that I've loved is like now seeing the memes of uh, Janice and Bobby Bacala. Where it's like, you know, I can fix him, says woman who is worse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, I'm going to send you a link. I'm going to DM you a link that you are going to enjoy. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to send it to you, and I want you to read it. You will love this story. Brilliant. Miles, you're the man. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care, guys. By the way, that's very few moms are like that. I mean, like, all moms are like that. Oops. Got to be careful on that. Yes. Liv was, uh, she was terrible. Who did he say? I didn't even hear what he said who he disliked. Ralph. Shipper. Ralph. Oh, okay. Ralphie. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in season two, so you get the uh, – there's four people you get. What's I, I can't even remember the character's name. Who's Is the FBI guy who's busting uh, Big Puss all the time? Like he's oh, uh, busting his yeah. chops all the time. Uh, Him, Janice, April, Bevel Aqua. I'm watching. Bevel Aqua just got it, so good riddance. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Please don't talk about me when I'm gone. Yeah, we can do the Sopranos talk all day long for an old show. It still freaking carries real well. And we were just saying during the break, you know, characters you hate on a show, that means they're awesome. It's well-written and the actors are completely nailing it. Which, by the way, also goes for sports personalities like when people are like, I hate Skip Bayless, then don't pay attention. If you're reacting to Skip Bayless, then he got you. Well, it's like the it's his like, bit got you. Like he did something the other day on Bronny and dunking and like, bruh. And the people are like, you 17. Like that's what he wants. Can I give you a good example of this? Yeah. So uh, Barstool guy is brilliant at this, right? I think he's part of the bit here. So I'm reading early in the day about that whole Patriots Panthers yeah. brawl and something calling itself Simon Charles. Apparently works for the Boston Globe. Tweets out about the fight. Mac Jones just went up to Brian Burns following a long touchdown pass and said, Hold my nuts, little B! Which led to a massive brawl here at Patriots camp. Burns then pushed Jones, uh, leading to punches thrown by Kendrick Bourne and others defending QB1. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound like Mac Jones would do that. And then you click on the profile, and it's a guy who works at the Boston Globe, supposedly, with 344 followers. But uh, Barstool Presidente retweeted it, so I don't think he got suckered by it. I think he knows that it's a fake story. But that's, that's the whole, you know, whether it's sports, these characters, whether it's media characters, it's, 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 not, it's not acting, but it's close. Well, it's like the Close. line in Private Parts when 
Howard Stern goes to the bigger radio station and they said, people that hate him or people that love him, people that hate him, they want to see what he's going to say next. And then, because how are the ratings so high? And yeah. he, whether they love him or hate him, it's both for the same reason. They want to see what they're going to say next. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Sammy P. Sammy is up on this Tuesday. When are you getting to town? Next Friday at 11 a.m. Are you going to pick me up at the airport? Probably not. Do you need a ride? Seriously? No, I, I get you know me, buddy. I get around. I uh, my ears were burning though this past weekend. Were you out and about? I actually was. Wow. Yes, I was. I hung out with the uh, the one, the only Arash from L.A. And uh, Adam Hill actually came out. That was nice. We we Tony shared. A, we, we we paired. Uh, check that. No Tony Miller. Uh, we shared a lot of shrimp cocktail. I had none of them, but those guys love the shrimp cocktail. Well, I hope to fun. see you downtown. I hope to see you when I get there. I can't commit to it yet. I'll be waiting for you know, an invite. You know how this works. And Willie is available, though. Apparently, Willie is available. Willie, you're more than welcome. You know where we're going. We're going to go see the Crippler at the Oasis. That's where we go. And then Steve always gets a flu or gets a cold or has a funeral or whatever. He just he loves the flake. Wednesday and Saturday, I will be courtside at the Aces game. But I will Friday. Be, uh, he'll he'll oh, be there. Friday. Friday. He'll be there. You know what's right up the street from there is is one of the one of the best steakhouses in town. So we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll talk. You have your people get with my people. We'll be good. Okay. Hey, very exciting news in the world of sports gambling. I love to see more betting options added. And in Ohio, they're super aggressive. Weren't there like 700 applications? And now they're gonna have kiosk and like Kroger's and something called Frickers Wing Sports Bars. I'm not lying. When I saw the tweet this morning from Rob Linehan, who does a great job covering the growth of sports betting across the country, I checked Kroger stock. Yeah. This morning, Kroger stock was about forty-seven fifty. Right now, at the close, forty-nine oh eight. Now, is that directly correlated? I don't know. But think about this: if Kroger gets forty licenses nice. in the state of Ohio, they applied for forty-two. Imagine how many more trips to the freaking grocery store are going to happen in Ohio. Husbands are going to be forgetting stuff on purpose. Uh, hey, uh, hey, babe, you forgot the powdered peanut butter. Oh, he pulls back into Kroger. Moreover, imagine when the guy in aisle seven has a nickel on the Bengals at 315 and the game is on the line and he's at the Kroger. Can you imagine? So, yes, it is going to happen in Ohio. They're going to have kiosk betting. I don't know how many they're going to give away, but Ohio is going to be one of the most lucrative states. Good. Ohio and Maryland have very similar language where you'll have the sports books, you'll have the mobile, but also you will have kiosks at bars and restaurants. And apparently in Ohio, Kroger wants to get in the game. But that's not that's not surprising to me because here's why. Since back in the day when I was a little kid, from Lucky's to Vaughn's to Smith's, there's video poker rooms, little offset rooms with video poker yeah, but in not all, in the all these other stores. states no but i'm just saying gambling has back then there was, you point. could only yeah. gamble in nevada so as gambling's growing across the united states sure grocery stores are going to get in on I the would, action i would Why say not? this that it doesn't surprise me in states that uh had mob influence that there's a lot of gamblers already there 
they no, were already betting. In. They're already betting with bookies, so why sure. not get the tax money and make it easy for them, right, Sam? Built in. I agree with everything you guys are throwing down. I just I can't imagine how many husbands in Ohio are going to be forgetting the blueberries. I love it. I love it. Or forgetting the grapes and you- just going back and forth to the Kroger. Uh, Von Tobel had this number on preseason games so far. Overs are fourteen and three. Does that mean anything? Well, if you had overs, it means a lot for you. But I mean, you <laughs> well, know, does it mean drill. does it mean the ne- does it is that going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Are coaches taking these things more seriously? Are they trying to put in more of their talented offensive players? Like, what's going on? It's a twofold issue. Number one, the totals were just a little too low, and that's because a lot of the preseason games over the last two three years have been rock fights. We're talking 20 to 17, 17, 13. Those were, you know, very popular and very common final scores. So the totals have slowly dropped over the preseason the last handful of years. The other thing is that you only have three games this year in the preseason. And a lot of these teams, you think about the Pittsburghs and the Seattles and the Carolinas, there are quarterback issues. They don't know who QB1 is. So, you know, one of the guys that that bets for a living I talk to every day, he said, look, we are going to slam the hell out of this over in Pittsburgh and Seattle. I believe it opened 33, 33 and a half. It closed 37. Buddy, there were almost 60 points in the game because Pittsburgh needs to find out what they have between Trubisky and Pickett. Seattle with Smith and with Locke. So, look, the totals have already been adjusted. To, To answer your question, the second part of that is the totals are already adjusted. You're seeing more 40s and 41s and 42s this week when we saw mostly 35s and 36s and 37s last week. The books have adjusted. So if you think because all the games went over in week one, it's going to happen in week two, understand that the books have already adjusted and the average total is already up over four or five points from week one to week two. The books always, always, always catch up. Sammy, Cofield is a hard knocks die hard has there been a hard knocks lions betting bump we have not seen the totals morph to seven yet but we certainly willie have seen the juice rise and this happens every single season that's why i thought you know you should bet the lions before the first episode and you were able to get over six and a half you know plus a hundred plus 105 well i'm looking across a lot of these books now across the country over six and a half minus 120 Minus 125, minus 130, minus 135. So the tax isn't so much on the number itself. It's basically six and a half everywhere. You're seeing the tax, though, on the juice. So rather than bet 100 to win 105, now you got to lay 135 to win 100. And people will say, well, I don't really care about the juice, but the best bettors in the world aren't laying 135 when they could have gotten even money or plus 105. I don't know that we get to seven. Because eventually you'll have that clientele that will want to bet under seven. Um, But I can tell you, sure, the public is watching. They're falling in love with the Lions. It is the most popularly bet over at BetMGM across the country. No team has been bet over more than the Detroit Lions. And I know that that's very, very popular (laughs) among most of the books. But the most popular over bet at MGM is the Detroit Lions. There you go. Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, Fox Sports, gambling expert, on these Tuesday, Cofield and companies. All right, Willie and I, believe it or not, well, it was because we did a Jaguars preview earlier with a guest out of Jacksonville because uh, the Jags are playing the Raiders in November. We were crafting a bet who will be better, the Jaguars or the Texans, and he wanted to take the Texans plus two and a half wins 
Am I a fool for betting on Jacksonville? Jacksonville's one of the wildest teams, and I'm not punting on your question. Mm. I, I think Jacksonville, like the fluidity with that team, because Doug Peterson is nuts on the table gambler. That could work for you or against yeah, you. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm trying to what I'm trying to tell you is Jacksonville could win four games. Jacksonville could win ten games. Like the range on Jacksonville is one of the largest probably in the NFL right now. Like we look at a team like the Green Bay Packers. All right, they're going to win 9, 10, 11 games. You look at a team like the Rams, they're going to win 10, 11 games. You look at Jacksonville, man, they could they could go 4 and 13 if Trevor Lawrence isn't who Trevor Lawrence, you know, could be. They could also these decisions, these Doug Peterson decisions could work out and maybe Travis Etienne is a a monster for them and they brought in some weapons, Christian Kirk at wide receiver. They brought in pieces on the offensive line. If things go right in a down division where Houston stinks, the Colts are like the darling, but the Colts aren't anything special. And then the Titans just got rid of A.J. Brown. Derrick Henry's been running miles and miles and miles on those legs. And Ryan Tannehill's nothing special. So in a down division, Jacksonville could win, you know, nine, ten games. You're going to give – so hold what? on. You're giving Jacksonville – wait, you're giving Jacksonville minus two and a half? That's minus, the number? My, no, minus two and a half over the Texans for season wins. I'm right. Getting, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, so, so Willie, if the – if the Texans win five, Jacksonville wins eight, you're a loser. Correct. Well, well, Correct. Let's, yes. not, let's not ever say yes. in that order, Willie is a loser. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. Let me retract that from the, the record. Bet, the bet is a lose. Yes. The bet if is you a don't loss. show up next Friday, you are a loser, though, Ooh, first and foremost. Right. Well, um, land I, I would lay two and a half wins, Jacksonville against Houston. I would. Okay. Sounds like I got two Bet bets. has not been consummated yet. Oh. You loser. <laughs> should Tim, should I go contrarian and just play some value here on the AL and NL MVP? I can get Riley at plus 350 while Goldschmidt's minus 140. Aaron Judge is all the way up to minus 700. Otani plus 450. You do love these dogs, don't you? You do love the value. I, well, I love that I like, about you. I like overreaction when we still got like 40 games left to play. And my my saving grace with the Yankees is right now they, they are kind of a disaster. You know, I mean, I, I think, if, you know, they if they collapse badly, they're still going to win 93 games, but it's not like 105 like they were going to win. Now I also have to hope that Judge doesn't hit 65 home runs. That's your issue. He yeah. is on pace for 64 right now. He already, without looking this up, do you know how many RBIs he has right now? Palace. Got a hundred, got a hundred RBIs. We've got like, you know, 45, 50 games left. So there's a very realistic scenario where Aaron Judge hits 64 home runs, <laughs> drives in, you know, 140 runs. How do you not vote for that guy? Shohei Otani, 38 home runs, 200 strikeouts as a pitcher. Let's go. Yeah, but the Angels continually underachieve. And I know it's not a team award. I, I know it's not a team award. But I think, like, how do the Angels have Trout and Otani and still blow? Like, how is that possible where you have two of the best five players in the game and you just can't put anything together? Now, that's not Otani's fault. That's not Trout's fault. But I, I think Otani, Otani was better last year. And I said this before the season. He almost has to overshoot what he did last year, which was sensational. He has to be better than last year to win it again this year, and 
His numbers are better last year. Dude, if Aaron Judge breaks the American League home run record, the Yankee home run record, <laughs> and and drives in 140, 150 runs, and they yeah. win the division by 10 games, he's winning the MVP. The real, a, I was going to say the real Otani odds should be like 10 to 1. 450 is kind of a rip. Well, but here's here's another thing, though. This is what the books do. And these guys, Chris Andrews, Tony Miller, you know, John Murray, they taught me this. You know, when a guy like Aaron Judge is having the year he has, what they'll do is they will move the favorite to a way too expensive price and they will raise the odds on everybody else. So then you look at a guy like Otani or Jordan Alvarez and go, oh, wow, oh, Jordan's 50 to 1. He could be 80 to 1. He's yeah, not winning yeah. the award. So just, just be careful when Aaron Judge is such a decided favorite at minus 700. Yes, all the other players look enticing. But they're enticing because they're probably not going to win. I think you made a nice bet. Sam Paniotovich is with us about, I think it was like 10 days ago, maybe less than that. I saw you had a ticket for the White Sox for the AL pennant at 28 to 1. You know, the Yankees have lost 21 to 32. White Sox were supposed to be good. I mean, we're, we're banking on LaRusa getting his crap together. Do the White Sox have a chance? I know this has been very up and down for you, it's very emotional. I have so much money on this team; it's going to kill me if they don't. If they don't win the division, I will plunge off the balcony in my apartment. Maybe um, that bet was not ten days ago, though, Steve. That was on Saturday. Oh wow! I made that bet. I, I, look, I, look to, I looked today; it was fifteen to one. I was like, "Wait, how'd you get twenty-eight to one?" Well, because Caesars was hanging twenty-eight, and mm. I was back in Chicago, and I drove an hour and a half. Like most of the books in Illinois had twenty. There were a couple 22s, and Caesars had 28 because clearly Caesars doesn't believe in the White Sox. This is why you always have to shop around, try and get the best number. I made the bet on Saturday morning. They were 28-1. to 1. After the bet went in, they moved to 24, and they've won three straight games since then. They're two games out. The only reason I made that bet is because they were 6-1 to one before the season, and everybody's writing them off. They can't do this. They can't do that. 28 to 1 is a joke. They should not be 28 to 1. And here we are three days later, as you said, 15 to 1. So give me that nice closing line value trophy because uh, the White Sox aren't winning the pennant. But if they do, I will buy dinner for the whole crew or wow. something like that. All right. Yeah, how about that? Uh, I got about a minute left. I saw a tweet earlier out of the Boston area. Uh, holidays. Let's see. Patriots play Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Bruins on New Year's uh, at Fenway. Wow. Celtics, Christmas Day, all the college football, World Cup. College hoops. I saw you had a uh, state senator in the other day on Nesson. Are you guys going to be up and running by like mid October? What's going on here? In I would make the over under January first. Oh no! Come on. Yeah, yeah, I would. I mean, you have to give it time. Rules and regs, licenses, all that stuff. Jesus. I think the retail. I think the retail will be open by October. I think the mobile though, and everybody wants to bet mobile. We want to bet in our underwear on our couch, right? That's probably January first for wow. the for the whole enchilada, but they'll have retail October, November for Can't sure. Can't believe Kroger's got the jump on. I was going to say you're going to be driving to like Zanesville, Ohio, to bet at a Kroger because you can't. Bet I'm going to be hammering bets at Kroger. Yes, why not? It's a dream come true. By the way, Kroger partners with the aforementioned Smiths here in town. So uh, yes. boy, I would like that option. Sam, I will see you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's a minus fifteen hundred. Yes, I will see you next Friday night. I'm taking the no, but I know I'll no, see I'll be there. On I'll be there. I'll be there. Uh -huh. I'm telling right. you. I made uh -huh. the promise. I, I'm usually noncommittal. This time I'm saying I can do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Mm. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. I'll see you. Bye. So will Willie. Sorry, Willie. I just kind of made that real personal. Like, hey, I'll see you. <laughs> there he is. Sam Paniotovich, <laughs> Nesson, 
Fox Sports doing an excellent job in growing legal sports markets. Believe me, they have bets in Boston and, like I said, Cleveland and Cincinnati and Columbus forever in some of these uh, northeast enclaves. 